So I, then we come down to graham crackers. I love this story. So Sylvester Graham. Fair enough. He was a doctor. You know that. Well, and a minister. God bless him. <laughs> sort of like the Kellogg group. Yeah. So a 19th century minister, and that's when he was, uh, so the, the 1800s, right? Yep. Uh, believed romantic feelings of any sort <laughs> had to be. <laughs> bad. Had, had, oh, was bad. I don't have my glasses. So had and bad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So bad and delirious. Okay. Here, you okay. want you to read this one. Excuse me, sir. Okay. Let's start again. <laughs> G'day all, and welcome to episode 56, Happy Accidents. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you ask my dad, I might have been one. You never know. (laughs) Now, we are talking about food happy accidents. Um, So one of them is uh, Toll House Cookies. So Mm. chocolate chip cookies, Ruth Wakefield in the 30s. Chocolate in her chocolate cookies, but instead of melting the chocolate first, the thinking was they would melt Melt, when she did it. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Nope. Nope. How old was that chocolate? Uh, Yeah. Well, that's Well, you know, we we did talk about that ages ago and she got ripped off because I think for selling her Toll House cookie recipe, she got just free chocolate. (laughs) I think that's what it was. So a lot of things that we enjoy are sort of accidental inventions. Mm -hmm. It's now, a mistake. It is. I, I didn't mean to do it. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. But if it turns out well, I thought about it. I thought that up. Now, Phil, how are you feeling today? Well, well like from yesterday? Well, <laughs> you know, because some days you're more ranty than others. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not that ranty. I was ranty yesterday. Oh, I'm glad I missed it yeah. then. Yeah, talking to lawyers and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah. It's fun. My consulate. Consulate. So uh, Robert Duvall. Yeah. Uh, now, because we would like you, Brent mm. and I, to try this mood enhancer. It was invented in 1929. Yeah. It contains the chemical lithium, which is used to treat depression, bipolar disorder, and the one I'm concerned about, mania. I, I'm going to put this in my body. You're going to mm. put this in your body. Wait a minute. Lithium, I got that in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole floor full of lithium. Maybe you'll go faster. Yeah. <laughs> Went to the toilet. <laughs> just a so I got sip. Just have a sip. Tastes like um, citrate of magnesia. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to have to go. <laughs> <laughs> what does it taste like? Tastes uh, lemony. Yeah, like, like Alka-Seltzer. Or maybe Lyman? Lyman? What the hell is Lyman? Well, remember, 7-Up. Mm-hmm. Do you feel it less manic? That is seven up. That's seven up. That's seven up. Wow. So that's what it was. <coughs> that's what it was. As Soupy Sales says, seven up. Seven up. Seven up. <laughs> so that was the accident of seven up. It was supposed to be a mood enhancer. Wow. And now you, you don't have to finish. So now, if you put vodka in it, then it becomes a mood enhancer. I got a bottle of Seagram Seven. In there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Seven and Seven. Yeah, Seven and Seven. Wow, uh, that's, that's an oldie. That's an oldie, an oldie but goodie. But a goodie. Yes, yes that's what I'm. My, my friends who bring it back to me, it's yeah. like, why do you want like homeless alcohol? There's nicer alcohol. I'm like, but I grew up. Wait with a minute, it. no, it's Seagram Seven Crown. Yeah, no, and I Seven just, Up. 
<laughs> that's right. I just have the, I have the dodgy Somebody one, the did that in, in a, I don't know, a skate or in, in a movie or something when they said seven, seven, what's that? And they had to interpret it as secret seven crown. Ah, uh, yeah. yes. Yes. So that is one of our things. Now, Better than four roses. <laughs> better than, uh, what was it called? Usually some people drink big cans of it in, uh, it was a malt liquor. Oh, Colt 45. Colt 45. <laughs> Right. So now we're going to get back to accidents now. Uh, we will A lot of accidents happened with Colt 45, <laughs> MD-80. Yeah. Now, we've had our own happy accident mm-hmm. with one of our products at work. Yep. You want me to tell you about Please it? Please tell me the story. Well, you know the story, but I I'll do. tell everybody else. All right. You so do. we were, you know, having a go with um, doing pork sausages, breakfast sausages, breakfast, yep. right? So I figured, well, nobody likes cooking a breakfast sausage for 20 minutes before it's ready. No. So we'll do the cook and serve. So I talked to the butcher and they have all the facilities there. And I said, well, you know, why don't we smoke it? Because that'll cook it. And they give it a nice, nicer flavor. So they did that. So when we got it back, of course, we had to try it. And then we cooked up a few, warmed that up because it's just cook and serve now. Yep. And it didn't taste like a breakfast sausage anymore. And I said, did you put the right stuff in here? And they swore up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by smoking it, actually changed the flavor of it. And it tasted fine, but it wasn't what we wanted the profile to be. So we gave some to Sean. Yep. And Sean says, oh, these are the same as hot links. I never had a hot link in my life. You know, but that's like big in lots of parts of the country. Yeah. So we said, oh, we have hot links now. <laughs> <laughs> we did. So yeah. we had, and then we got some other breakfast. So we now offer breakfast sausage. Yeah. So now the difference between the breakfast sausage and the hot links, both of them are the same ingredients, except one has one less uh, additive mm-hmm. uh, as a preservative, which you have to do by law. Uh, and uh, the this breakfast sausages are steam cooked. Right. Okay. So it doesn't have, so it gets cooked without having any flavor to it. So and the only thing you do is you could eat it out of the package if you wanted it cold, but you know it's really, made to be warmed up yeah, and browned, you do brown it off. And yeah. you can actually chop it up and make some um, sausage gravy mm. as well. It tastes beautiful. Biscuits, yeah. <sighs> okay, well we'll get on to more of that. So we've got a bit of housekeeping. Yes. All right. So uh, we got the listener discount code for yep. this uh, month of October, which is and it's almost so you know World Series time. That's right. It's play ball. <laughs> And if everyone's hearing is okay right now, yeah. uh, so you can look for the listener discount in the search section and just type that in and the products will come up and it's got its own little purple logo. And uh, you can just pop that in at the end when you're checking out and that will give you your discounts on those items. And if you want to communicate with us, we're at podcast at usafoods.com.au. Please do. We'd like ideas, feedback, all sorts of things. Okay. So remember now. As we get towards the end of the show, mm-hmm. Barbara's has her personal best coming up. I do. Up. I do. As- well, she's not going to tell us what it is. And we have the Ripper Recipe Roundup. Ugh. We need to change that next year. <laughs> Maybe we need oh, to change the producer. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on a hot. Yeah. Now, to make it things a little bit different, today we've got no history lessons, no regional influences. No, no presidents. No presidents. No, no Scandinavian, French, Chinese, or English ancestry. That's right. Oh, I think we're wrong with one of those, but we'll get back to that. Just a bunch of ball-up stuff-ups. 
That's it. Now, I wasn't going to say that line because Sister Martin Mary would be disappointed with uh, me, and I can't do that. Yeah. So uh, this is the no, 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 no. So sort of like those T-shirts you get in Singapore, you know, no spitting, no cursing, no this, no, and no walking. Yeah. That's right. We got the no nothing, yeah. just some fun shows. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we've got five failed food products that stayed that way. Whoa. Mm. Okay, so fun fact number one. Please. Dinkin' Donuts in the 70s. Does that be Dunkin' Donuts? Well, Ozzy's call it. My okay. Ozzy cousin, when he was over there, he called it Dinkin' Donuts. <laughs> if it's not too far out of your way, Martin used to tell me, could you go get some Dinkin' Donuts for me? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they found a solution for making those donuts with the holes in it, what to do with the middles. Yep. And they called them munchies. Munchkins. 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 Okay. munchkins. So, do you want my glasses? Yeah. <laughs> so munchkins. And of course, then they just did it, you know, of all the different flavors of the donuts. So you got glaze and chocolate cake and blueberry and jelly. So be- they figured out something to do with the middles. That's right. There's a marketing genius doing mm. that right there. Now, okay. So we leave the alcohol fun fact to me. Fun fact number two, the Dutch, you know what? They were looking for a tax loophole here. I love this story for a number of reasons. So they were shipping alcohol. And they evaporated the liquid down to a certain level so they could fit in more cargo and pay less tax, thinking that they would add water to it when they got there. I'm guessing it was called, I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly because I'm not Dutch, but it looks like Brandewin, Mm -hmm. uh, which means burnt wine and stored in wood casks. When it was open on the other end, it had a whole new um, aroma, color, and taste, and brandy was born. Oh. And thanks to that, when Brendan's mom used to feel a little bit unwell, that would help her. Yep. <laughs> True. True. And, uh, well, this is a gambling story, really. I think we might know this. Mm-hmm. 1762, John Montague, who was a lord, was in the middle of an intense gambling session and wouldn't leave the game for meals. He instructed his cook to prepare food, which he could easily eat without leaving the table. He was the fourth Earl of Sandwich. What about the other oils of sandwich? <laughs> and the Duke. Well, that was the fourth then. So then you get the fifth and the sixth. But so basically shove it between two pieces of bread in one hand and I can still hold my cards. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did he do for the toilet, buddy, if he didn't want to leave the game? Oh, we won't Well, go. that was the day of the chamber pot, so you never yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. At least, you know, they didn't have Silvio at the table going, go ahead. Who are you, Hazel? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> All right, so we'll take our first little break and we'll be back with more. Just don't make me choose. So here we go with our legendary muck ups. That's right. That sister Mark Mary would be more happy with that. With a muck up? Muck up. Yeah, but I could just see kids with a little list. <laughs> like yeah. talking about fire trucks can also be a tricky one yes. with little kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Falkland Islands. We had a problem with that in school. Where are the <laughs> Falkland Islands? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How the Falkland would I know? Right. So let's start with, the. this is a sweet story, the popsicle. That Aww. was a mistake. It was a happy mistake. Okay. So this makes sense because some little kid left his cup of soda with his stirring stick out in the cold, like left it out the front. You know, when kids drop yep. their balls and bikes, mm-hmm. everything just inside, didn't care. And then the next morning, it was frozen. And the popsicle was born. And that's it. And they called it, Frank, this is the, Frank Epperson invented it, and he called it the epicycle mm-hmm. because it was like an icicle, but later made it for his own kids and called it Pops Sickle. Sickle. Ah. So why is it called an ice block here? That's what I'd like to know. 
I don't know. I don't know. Strange thing. Because they can't. Uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> So he patented a name in 1923. There you go. And they added milk to it and orange soda. That's a creamsicle. That is a creamsicle. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, and then we got the legendary buffalo wings. And I think everybody knows that story from the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York. That's right. And it had nothing to do with Frank's, but the only thing, it was just sitting around. So they used the hot sauce. And that's how it became. That's yeah. Just something to keep the people happy. Just a little simple thing. Well, you have another thing with hot sauce. Tell us about well, the other one, the legendary one, is 3 a.m., which is Blair's, right? Yes. And that's like the little bitty bottle, but really super concentrated. It's an additive. Yeah, it's like, an additive. Yeah. yeah, they tell us an additive. So the owner of a bar uh, that concocted this together couldn't get the people out of the bar. So then he did like a challenge. Okay, like, uh, yeah, try some of this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and that's how 3 a.m. came about because at 3 a.m. he started feeding them because he wanted to get out by four, and uh, they left, <laughs> Did some, crying some yeah. past the emergency room, possibly yeah. on the way home. Mm. That's another good. Now this one is close to my heart. Um, brownies. So brownies were. It's a fallen cake, is the story. So someone didn't cook it long enough. It came out, and I wonder how many times that had happened, and people just chucked it. I don't. No, well, I don't bake cakes, but if Jeanette yeah. makes a cake and if it doesn't come out, well, there's always something you on it that's it. good. That's right. Yeah, like the ends of it or the burnt parts are right. usually good. And the thing is, the hardest part about making a good brownie is not overcooking it. Yeah. So, because it goes against all your instincts because it still has to be sort of moving in the middle. Yeah, no, you know, I'm just thinking about doing the same thing there. You know, we sell now the uh, Taco Bell little uh, chips. chips. They're so good. Which uh, we had a big discussion with our broker because he says, oh, these are 100% cheese. You got any permit? Bah, bah, bah. I said, no, they are chips. They're classified as chips and chips don't need to be classified because they're a baked product. Bah, bah, bah. She fought up and down. I said, you put it down as a baked product. You know, let the government decide. So we do have them. <laughs> so that's almost like a mistake, but it's a mistake whenever you make a grilled cheese, you know, yeah. and the cheese lets out and goes oh. on the pan and burns and gets crispy and you chop it up and eat it. Yeah. Well, that's what these things are. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I actually put, like, wait, before I flip it, mm. I put a little bit of cheese on the pan so it sort oh, of so burns that, onto yeah. the bread because I want to make sure I've got the ratio right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that's how that started. It was just an oops. Yeah. Now, um, yogurt. I'm, I was waiting for the Carlin. <laughs> the George Carlin uh, yogurt. <laughs> now, yogurt would have had to be an accident because that's just. Sour milk, basically. <laughs> well, so is buttermilk, you know. Yeah, no, but like how and long sour do you cream. Wait I you- again, <laughs> you know, my and I said it before, and I'll say it again. How do you know when sour cream is sour? That's right. <laughs> yeah, I've had a conversation about yogurt with a friend, like at my first job. Yeah. I said, "How do you know when it's gone?" And she goes, "Once it dries out and cracks, that's when that's I throw it away." <laughs> but you know, now the yogurt that we eat now is completely different than the original Dan and yogurt that I remember my grandmother eating mm-hmm. and the taste and, and everything was completely, I used to like the old one because that's what I tasted yeah. first. And then, you know, it evolved and they made it more palatable because it was probably more tangy and more sour it at was. The, in the and, day. And when I was a kid, it the fruit, all of the fruit was always was on, the, on bottom. the bottom. Yeah. And so you kind of like kid yourself like you're having a, you know, make it look fancy and just yeah. tip it upside down in a bowl. Oh, we never did. They would just start it in a little pot. Well, I was, uh, you know, mom will get angry at this, but I was by myself a lot. So, you know, no one told me not to. Hmm. Oh, look how pretty it is. Yes, that's a little fancy dessert for me. But do you remember it tasting different? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And And I I mean, if somebody should come back with the original tasting yogurt, 
Yeah. A lot of people will like it because it is so different than what we're eating now. It has it's tangy. Mm. And um soury too. Yeah, it was sour. And that's why I think there was the fruit in it. And you can kind of yeah. mix in what you wanted in it. But you know, it was sorry. Well, please tell the listeners how it's actually gonna be created. Uh, I will. Oh. Yes, producer. Oh okay. oh, okay. We're in trouble. So I'll read this out because this is gross. Central Asian herdsmen stored milk in containers made out of animal stomachs. Yum! Tripe. <laughs> to preserve it while on the go. They noticed some of the milk became thick and tart due to the process of good bacteria. Yummy. Okay. Two questions. <laughs> Who was the idiot that said, I'll just taste that? Yeah. <laughs> and the second thing, how Who did figured- they know it was good bacteria? Exactly. It's coming out of a sow's stomach. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I think they've sort of, yes, but God bless people for trying anything. Then we got all sorts. I never had all sorts because it's licorice, right? Yes, licorice. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that's beyond me. So I have no. I reckon this story is rubbish myself. Mm. All right, but again, oh, I just thought of another mucker. Yeah. Forget all sorts. Look, there was an accident. They were all together. People thought it was pretty. They bought it. The um, voodoo chips. Yeah. Oh, that was just like throw everything together. Yeah. Because the story, the mm. legend was that a whole bunch of things, of the seasonings sort of fell together by accident. Yeah. And then they just thought they'd make a bunch of chips yeah. out of it. Yeah. It tasted good. And it was. And it was all the flavorings that Zaps, Zaps isn't it? Chips mm-hmm. did. And then we got, uh-oh. SpaghettiOs. <laughs> yeah. So that was just uh, created by Donald Gorick. I think so. Or yeah. Gork. Gork. Yeah. Gork. In 1965. Um, and just to make it where it was edible for kids. You get it all in a spoon and, and not spoon flick off everywhere. Yeah. So that was a good idea. That was a very practically, practically unspillable. unspillable was so was that an one. accident or what he's trying to create it? Well, maybe the finding of the circle was the accident. But, I, you know, my proudest moment in my life, mm-hmm. um, after my first communion, I was wearing it all white. Yep. We went to Carmelo's and I ordered, to my mother's horror, <laughs> spaghetti bolognese. And, and I didn't spill anything on myself for the only time in my life. I'm wow. pretty sure. No, we skipped we it. We skipped it because we, we said, weren't interested. Yeah, we're not interested in all sorts. Sorry. So was, you sort that out yourself. Brittany right. can tell you the story later. Yeah. I'll send you, if you want to email me, I'll send you <laughs> how it was done. That's fine. All right, you've bombarded, bombarded with emails. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then we got coffee. I like this coffee one. Yeah, tell me. So coffee, uh, legend has it, the first uh, coffee was because of the magical effects of coffee was on a goat. Oh, you want a hyper goat? That's so exactly one what day, you want. many, many years ago, mm-hmm. Chaldee, an Ethiopian goatier. It's a goatier or a goat Goat herder, I think it should goat be. Goat herder. But yeah. He's a go-to guy. How's that? Kobe, the go-to guy. So he's he was watching his goats out in the field and he noticed that they were cheerful and then how could you tell his goats cheerful and then and we've seen that white goats and you know they always like until yeah. they bite you. Yeah, well that <laughs> just keeps them happy. That's right. Uh, so he followed them around and it turns out the goats were eating beans and leaves from a particular tree. Right. So he was curious enough, son, and he said, "I'll try giving that some myself." So he gave some to a monk. <laughs> and they uh, they both had trouble staying awake and uh, and throughout their prayers. Yeah. <laughs> no, so they were having trouble, yes, staying and- awake uh, and through their prayers, and uh, this took care of that. I'm sure so there's they- zing. But who thought about roasting it, grounding it, and putting it? I know these are the things. Hmm. Like uh, really, well, I that just- was the beginning of oh, this is something good to eat. 
That's right. Yeah. That's right. Here's another thing. Here's the first person that decided raw fish was a good idea. But it was uh, the man in the sea. Remember that movie? The no. old man in the sea. No, he I was don't. on the boat and he had nothing to eat and he caught the fish and everybody was and I remember it distinctly as a kid. And he's cutting it with his knife and taking out like a fillet off the top and eating it raw. And people going, ah! Well, yeah, now it's like, oh, wow, look, he's eating sushi. Yeah. I'll pay $75 for that. Yeah. Fresh. Um, so sushi, so we do have China in here. That's what I was going to correct at the beginning. Yeah. No. In ancient China, sushi was originally a way of preserving fish by storing it in fermented rice. Eventually, fermented rice was replaced with rice vinegar or vinegar rice, which mm-hmm. leads to the types of sushi we have today. But it was China, not Japan. So when did that happen? But I'll have to look that up later. Okay. World's Fair. World's Fair. <laughs> <The> World's Fair. <laughs> and speaking of China, it's uh, Tofu. I knew you were going to say that. Tofu. Tofu. F-U. Fu. <laughs> T-O. Tu. I s- read things phonetically. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> phonetically. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I'll read. Do you want me to read it or do you want the tofu? Okay. The Chinese invention of tofu is believed to have happened sometime during the Han Dynasty, 206 to 220 BC. Legend has it. A cook was experimenting with flavoring a batch of cooked soybeans with nagari seaweed and ended up producing bean curd. However, other stories exist, such as a man who blended cooked soybeans as he wanted to prepare a soft dish to feed his elderly parents. I don't know. I only like it fried. Yeah. Uh, Although I've made an omelette with tofu. Yeah, because it's, it's sort of like creamy. Some yeah, of it. So you and can, then you got the firm one. And yeah, the firm one you fry and the creamy one you yeah, do with Yeah, and it. it doesn't really have too much. It takes on the taste that you put yeah. with it. But And you think you're eating something really healthy. Yeah, but I don't know. Well, the next thing is someone. Iceberg lettuce. Iceberg, yes. Right. Now, Ainsley, this is her only lettuce she'll eat. And my friend's dad, Ray, mm. he will only eat the so good Icebergs lettuce. are the, the normal ones. Yeah, it's the yeah, one. The other romaine is the normal. No. This is the first one. I yeah, guess. so iceberg has basically zero nutritional value. <laughs> but you Water. Can, but it crunches. Yeah. It crunches. So and this in 1920, a crop of Chris Head lettuce was a bit paler, uh-huh. sweeter, crunchier than normal. So instead of being a wasted crop, they decided a, a new breed of lettuce was born. So I don't know how they got it together that, you know, how they know. blended it, but somehow it happened in the field. Uh, so the shippers be, the shippers liked it because it stayed crisp for longer, so it was easier to transport than traditional lettuce. And the farmers decided to breed these types, and there we go. And then we have well, the, and it was important because it was trains. It was you know the refrigeration was not not yeah nothing. Yeah. Well, if he's again going to the old stories of Heinz and pickling and all yeah, that, that's right. Of what went about, and also with uh, bird's eye. Yep. You know, the limitations of refrigeration in those. Days. Yeah. So this, I'm sure, could get a little bit farther, maybe another few states away. So yeah. that that would help as well. Now, okay, because this is an American show, hmm. I'm going to confidently say filet of fish. What did they say it here? Oh, fillet. Fillet of like, fish. What's a fillet? I know. Uh, what the hell? Could I have a fillet? Like a fillet steak. I know. It's a filet. So a filet of fish. The controversial McDonald's. Sorry, but filet is French. That's right. So Fillet is not a French word. No, it's it's a bastardization of that French word. Oh, since you don't do that. Drinkability? Is that what you're going to say? Brendan has a huge problem with Budweiser. Budweiser. (laughs) Saying it has drinkability. Yeah. Well, 
Oh, please. <laughs> Super on. with an A? Move on. Super. Shush, wish cashers, eh? Thank you, Mr. Stone. So McDonald's made this in 1965. Are we right now? Yes. Okay, boys. To elevate Good Friday sales. So it was named the filet fish. It's a bread-crumbed fish sandwich with tartar sauce and American cheese. Still on the menu today. Actually, I love them, mm. and I gross out my children if I get them. And before they started doing things fresher, it was the only thing you could get really hot because they had to make them. They didn't mm. make them ahead. Yeah. So, uh, th- so that is how that sort of hand. They were only going to be doing it limited amounts Fridays, and now it's across the, time. across the thing. Yeah, I don't think they sell that many of them, but um, no, just to just to me. And and at one time, yeah. the McDonald's were the highest user of cod. Oh, for the codfish. I don't know uh, what they use now. They probably use any codfish. It's too expensive. That's right. It's like the chicken McNugget of fish sandwiches. (laughs) Yeah. Just put together. So Um, then we come down to Graham crackers. Sylvester Graham, a puritanical 19th century minister, believed romantic feelings of any sort to be bad and that delicious, flavorful food stimulated those emotions. He believed that the plain grain-based biscuit – uh, would make people more wholesome, less oh. fun. <laughs> why? Why? And that's why how Graham a- flour came about. <laughs> why yeah. live a whole life if you love is bad and good food is bad? Yeah, just mm-hmm. sleep is bad. Just stand up straight with pins in your eyes. That's the only <laughs> thing that'll work. I swear. <laughs> oh, and. <laughs> This is a. I should let you do this because you like eggs Benedict. Okay, no, I but eggs Benedict also because of. Uh, yeah. Pass. All right. Oh, pass. I'll think of his name. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's a happy accident day. It'll yes. come back. Yes, it'll come back. Well, what I like about Eggs Benedict, it mm. was a hangover cure. <laughs> <laughs> Said to be first prepared for a hungry and hungover Wall Street broker. He walked into the Waldorf Hotel in uh, New York in 1894. He ordered butter toast. Poached eggs, crisp bacon, and holidays, hollandaise. The maitre d' was so impressed, he made it a permanent fixture, and it's still popular with those who are hungover or hungry today. Well, Gordon Ramsay always says hollandaise is just bacteria. <laughs> 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 yeah, you watch all the shows. He says, yeah, don't order the, the, the Benedict, eggs Benedict because the hollandaise sauce is just – because if you don't make it fresh and serve it right away, it yeah. goes off very quickly. Oh, ab- yes. Luckily <laughs> – the uh, well, I have my Thermomix, which will make it fresh, and then it's so good, but it yeah. does go bad right away. You have to check it. Let's go on with gin and tonic. Uh-huh. I don't need glasses for this. Yes. Okay. So, in the 19th century, British colonists in India drank it to cope with malaria because of the quinine yes. in the water. So, quinine is supposed to be like a medical treatment for for malaria, and it stops the fevers, the chills, and the gin just made it more. Tastier. Oh, well, and somewhere along the lime came in and yeah. yeah. And well, it, but the lime was a bonus because it also took care of scurvy. Do you know my grandpa, so my mom's dad, who he was come here, sook. Yeah. And he'd be having a gin and tonic. He goes, This is what got the British through India. <laughs> I can hear him right now. Wow. <laughs> that should be a tagline on a bottle that of That should uh, be. Well, I've got some Bombay Sapphire up there. Yeah. Do you know I'll let me tell you a quick story. I freaked out my mother. My 21st birthday, mm. mom took me away to Monterey. We <laughs> go to a restaurant. Now, I've been working at a car dealership since I was 16, by the way. So we go to the restaurant. 
the waiter comes over and mom's like, oh, you can order a drink. You know, what do you want this or that? And I'm just like, um, yeah, I'll have a Bombay Sapphire gin and tonic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And she's like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just do. Yeah, and and then funny thing about gin, yeah, uh, the, between the brands, are very distinctive taste. Mm. Oh, absolutely! And you now there's so many flavored ones; they're almost like liqueurs. Yeah, we yeah, had a rhubarb one the other day, and they're very yeah, they're very sharp. Yeah, they're like the rhubarb. I like the rhubarb one, but then uh, you can buy rhubarb bitters too. Oh, I didn't know that. I need to get a few of those now. I'm now we're getting off topic, and he's going to throw yeah. things at us. That was probably a mistake too. Right, anyway, uh, that's a happy mistake. So then we got the creeps. Oh, my God. Crepes. This is for Crepe Suzette, actually. Oh. When did she come about? Do you want me to tell the story? Yeah, you can. Okay. I'll do the short ones. Okay, you do the short ones. This has, <laughs> yes. Okay, in 1895, a 14-year-old assistant waiter named Henri Charpentier at a restaurant in Monte, Monte Carlo while he was sautéing crepes and butter and liqueur for the Prince of Wales, the future King Edward II. And the whole thing caught on fire. <sighs> Uh, so he thought the dish was ruined, but after waiting for the flames to go to die down, he took a taste. Why they didn't do that at the table? He took a taste and knew he had actually created something special. The dish was named after the lady at the prince's table. Now we haven't had a queen Suzette, so I don't know what the lady was doing at the table. If she was the partner of someone else, mm. but Suzette was at the table and it was named after her. I yes, wonder. well, we know how that works. Mm-hmm. Okay, Phil, you can do the next one. Okay, cheese puffs. Yay! Well, cheese puffs first invented, believe it or not, as animal feed. I believe <laughs> <In> 1930s. <laughs> so a curious employee named Edward Wilson decided to take home some of the puff pellets, pellets mm-hmm. and produce them they're made from grain. And one season, he thought they tasted good. So they had cheese puffs. So I don't know. He probably didn't use cheese to flavor first. Probably like salt and pepper yeah. and all that. But have you ever seen how cheese puffs are made? It's just like a boop. It yeah. just pop, pops it out. It pops out. Well, um, Ralphie, you know, we use we are packing. If you receive a package from us, we use a product called Envirofill, and it's made out of corn. So yeah. it's fully. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. So biodegradable. We used to have uh, one of the fellows used to work with us. He used to eat it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I tried one just like on a bit. Yeah. Ralphie loves it. <laughs> Like he will move quicker for one of those than he will for a treat. So if you – and you know the, the thing is like when you – even though we, we package our stuff in it. But yes. I really feel bad for people when they open up because it goes over oh, everywhere. So you need a little dog. Yeah. Look, go have that. Eat that. It's all on the floor. Go get it. Yeah. Yes. But it unfortunately, is. they do work very well. Yeah. They're environmentally safe and uh, they protect all those things from breaking. Yeah, that, which happens because we have hard and soft things going together and yeah. you can put it in your compost, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, the bakewell pudding. That's. So, I've never heard of it. Well, haven't you? It's in. If you get the Mr. Kipling's things, they often have them. So it's, it's said to be a result of. Um, one person was going to be the the person visiting wanted a strawberry tart, so it's sort of strawberry jam. <laughs> that has anything to do with his mistress. I'm reading this the here. Mistress of with the, the strawberry tart of the hotel. Oh, Phil, stop now. <laughs> um, so because if you make like a frangipan, like those eggy like almondy, the, like the yeah. bottom of a tart, so they had already made that, and then they put the strawberries on top, the jam on top, and that was a new thing. Mm. It was a bakewell pudding. Oh, someone's having something as we walk through right here. Uh, I love this story about raisins because all kids know that raisins are a ripoff. 
If you try to go, here's a box of raisins. Yeah. They go, we're the M&Ms. Oh. That's not candy. Would, yeah, that's true. It's not candy. Yeah. No, but people try to pass it off to their it's children. sweet. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But and So they did that back in the uh, 2000 BC in uh, Egypt or somewhere, right? Yep. Yeah, and someone found a dried crop. In King, King, King Cut's tomb or where was it? <laughs> King Cut's tomb. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get that little kid. He's going to die soon anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Now, who was the one that decided to pick this nasty drug thing on a branch and eat it? But um, in medieval times, it was the sweetener of choice because you could boil it down. Hmm. But they were used as, this is what I don't believe, they were used as trading items and prizes at sports events. You run the fastest mile. Here's some raisins. Yeah. Well, they don't, or uh, why do they call them sultanas? Well, because it's a different grape. So raisins are there's different grape varieties. Oh, okay. So here, the raisins are actually what they call raisins are different from raisins back at home. Hmm. So all right, so pink lemonade. Yep. Okay, American culture for more than a century invented yes. by accident by dropping red colored cinnamon candies, red hots. Yep. Okay, into the traditional. Yeah, lemonade. So yeah, so somebody's eating candies while they're eating lemonades and it fell in. <laughs> that's really what happened. The yes. girl with the little hat on with the big plunger. Yes, that's yeah. right. Like hot dog on a stick. Yeah. There it was. But now they flavor it with berry, like they do strawberry. And uh, this goes to the other combination that my friend Amy gets came up with. Red, Her mother, mm. sorry, makes apple pie with red hots. Yeah. So it's cinnamon apple pie and it's pink. Mm. Now, the next one is our favorite. We love these. Oh, oh <sighs> dog, I love to have a chimichanga. I know. Is that place still open? We should check Uber Eats oh, and get a chimichanga God. somewhere. <laughs> it's going to be fried, fattening, yes. unhealthy. Anyway, it all came about by uh, Monica Finn, Flynn. Flynn, yeah. In 1922. So she accidentally dropped a burrito in a frying pan and the old special oven and uh, she was about to swear. Why not? Why not? Uh, would, that's a time to swear. And stopped herself because the nieces and nephews were around and she yelled, Jimmy Junga. <laughs> I, I call BS on that story. Yeah. Why, why would you call it? Why? When you go something like, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy like, oh, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it means in Spanish. You got to look it up. Maybe that's it. But this is more like a West Coast food item. So fried burrito. Mm. And they are so good. But you need some Pepto-Bismol or some Tums (laughs) later on because it hits. No, actually Coca-Cola does it. Oh, fix it? Okay. the acid in the Coke. Just breaks it up. Breaks it all down. (laughs) I do love this. Now, we were talking before we started recording about how I miss appetizers. Yeah. Like fried Fried everything. Fried zucchini sticks and, you know, the little button mushrooms and all those things you get before. And one of them I love is toasted ravioli. Mm. So I evidently happened in St. Louis and- At the World's Fair. (laughs) (laughs) So- Well, it must have been because- It was. It it had to be because they would not know what a ravioli is if they stood on their head in Missouri. Yes, yes. That would have brought it over. I agree. Even when I went there as a kid in the the late 60s and stuff, they didn't even know where Bogota is, you know, in Kansas and Missouri. And, you know, like the Midwest had no idea what Italian food was. Italian? They just thought it was Chef Boyardee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's two restaurants and they're saying that they came up up with it. So- one restaurant, Orlandi's, claims in the 40s, 
a chef tipsy on red wine accidentally dropped ravioli into a fryer. Mm. And the and the restaurant Angela said the waiter in, um, instructed an untrained cook to drop some raviolis, and they mistakenly thought he meant into boiling oil. Yeah, both so true. I reckon they're both yeah. be true. But it is good. But you need a good ravioli. They, the, the stuff you have here way too small, and they're not enough filling. No, I agree. Yeah. So basically, it's a calzone, a miniature calzone. It is true. Very good. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, actually, there's a restaurant in Parkdale, and um, when we're able to eat out again, or well, but they do do deliveries. Yeah. Bueno, it's called, and they do beautiful all homemade pasta and beautiful. Their raviolis are big. Uh, so when we're allowed out, you should try this. Now. Champagne. Champagne. Dom Perignon. He invented champagne. I didn't even have to read this. So no. I know that Dom Perignon invented it. It was down there. The bottles were popping or whatever. And he came up with the design of the bottle. I don't yeah. know if he came up with it or somebody else. The design of the bottle stopped it from popping. That's right. Because they put him on like an angle. They put it on an angle. But it's that little thing underneath it that yep. has that. It goes up. Yep. The and dimple in the yeah, bottle. Like all that design stopped it from, from happening. But um, so when he went down there and they were popping, he drank some. Like, oh, well, you know. Well, and one, was, don't waste it. Yeah. But the carbonation, natural carbonation took over and it was fizzy. Yes. Oh, this is good. And fizzy alcohol gets you. Drunk faster. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a pretty happy uh Well, dunk. actually, I wonder how much he drank before he yelled to his friends, come quick. I'm drinking the stars. <laughs> yeah. It's a very romantic French thing to say. Mm. Oh, okay. Blue cheese. This is my grandfather as well. Legend has it. Blue cheese was invented by an accident when a drunken cheesemaker left behind a half-eaten, there's a theme here, yeah. a half-eaten eaten loaf of bread in a cheese cave. Upon returning, he discovered the moldy bread had transferred to the cheese, turning it blue. Why did he eat it? Uh, <laughs> these days, it's made under more controlled circumstances with specific bacteria. I adore blue cheese, yeah. and I can remember my grandfather- Another that, good thing that came out of alcohol. God bless it. Yes. God bless the drunks. <laughs> and I, my grandpa put a big, the same grandpa with the gin and tonic, a big bit of blue cheese on a cracker, and he's like, get that into your sook. <laughs> and he goes, and then, then I think, I'm pretty sure he said something about penicillin, and I wouldn't get sick mm. ever. But I love blue cheese. But who, well, most kids- uh, it, it's a most mature taste. Yeah. Kids well, won't like blue no, cheese. No, I was weird. But why, who is the smart man that said, I'll just take a little bit off the top and try it? <laughs> yeah, I ain't throwing this out. You know what I pay for that cheese? Some cheap bastard, yeah. That's right. That or maybe he was drinking a lot too. <laughs> yeah. And he couldn't see what it was. <laughs> just like my little Joey eating the, uh, oh, God. The, 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 the donuts with the ants floating yeah. around, thinking they were sprinkles oh, because he didn't have his glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> and the moral is, don't forget your glasses. Yeah. Especially even, I guess he couldn't even tell that they were moving. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe they were stuck. Maybe they got stuck in the glaze. The sugar, yeah. Uh, okay. Ice cream floats, Phil. Mm. Do you want me to do that or do you want to talk about it? Uh, I got no excitement over ice cream floats. <laughs> Everybody knows. So it was uh, 19th century, late 19th century, Robert yep. Green. Yes. He owned a soda shop in Philly. Yeah. Okay, carbonated yep. water, something they came out, ran out of ice cream of cream and used ice cream instead. Which is much better than cream. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. And my mom makes a killer ice cream sundae. Oh, a slushy. Ah. God bless 7 Eleven for made it to Slurpee. Slushy oh. created by accident in Missouri in the late 50s. 
The shop owner set a fountain kept breaking down, and in order to keep them chilled, he put them in the freezer. So when he served them, they were frozen and slushy. Customers loved it, coming back to specially request those pops that were in a little bit longer. Yeah. And now they put a machine in. Yeah. Because how many times have you, you know, like, oh, I got to get this cold. And you put like a bottle or something in the freezer. Yeah. And you forget about it. And then you go open up the freezer and it's broke. Yes. Well, I set the timer I did that now. recently. Oh, did yeah. you? I always set the timer fill. And then, although sometimes I go, what did I set the timer for? I'll just turn it off. <laughs> now, do you know this candy? I don't know this candy. Swizzles. Hmm. No, it's a UK thing. Yeah, but it's the first chewy candy to exist. And this guy was experimenting with a new machine and discovered it was possible to create a lollipop with two flavors instead of one. Wow. Well, so it like starts. That's two, two. Uh <laughs> Go ahead. What's this one? Tartan Titan? Oh, hello, Brendan. Tartan Tan. Brendan, 27 times last night goes, how do I say it? Tartan Tan. Well, I guess if we can't pronounce it, we don't know what it is. Yes. Why is it even on the list? Because it's really good. So (laughs) it is, you know, the French pastry where, you know, it's beautiful, like all the apples are laid out on top, right? So it was an accident because it's basically an upside down pie. So someone... um, was cooking and they were making the apple tart and they forgot the pastry. Like they stuck it in the oven and Uh, realized that the pastry wasn't on the bottom. They just put the apples in. Yeah. Someone obviously didn't have the Ethiopian coffee early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so the other person ran and quick popped the pastry on top of it and then flipped it. Uh, And it's beautiful. Like when you do it properly, it's yum. So that is tart to 10. It became its own thing. Yeah. And then we got the uh, artificial sweetener. Aspartame, which is a known yep. as uh, what's the commercial name for it? Saccharin. Uh, I'm not yeah, sure. It would be 1965. That would be saccharin. Hmm. Uh, so, Doctor James is a doctor. Well, uh, he's a chemist. Schlatter. 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 I'm actually going through school with that name. Hey, Schlatter. Hey, Schlatter. <laughs> he worked on discovering an anti-ulcer drug, and when he licked his finger, picked out of a piece of paper, found that it was sweet. Why would you like? It's Again, like, why are you tasting stuff that you just made in a, <laughs> in a lab? In a lab. Don't yeah, taste anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's likely to be one of the only times accidentally ingesting a chemical in science has had a positive outcome. Yeah, well, I guess he didn't have much taste buds because he couldn't taste the bitter aftertaste. Oh, God, of, yeah. That uh, gets you every time. And dipping dots. You can do that one. Oh, dipping dots. So they're like the little ice cream, little like almost like hundreds and thousands, little balls of ice cream. Um, they feature miniature ice cream balls. It was invented by a microbiologist, Kurt Jones, in Lexington, Kentucky in 1988. He realized anything added to liquid nitrogen instantly froze and applied mm. the technique to ice cream. And then he called Heston Blumenthal, his small child, and yeah. told him to get on that. Uh, and then we got Eaton Mess. Eaton Mess. Do you know this one? No. I love no. this dessert. Well, I, I don't know. maybe I had it, but I didn't know what it was Well, called. you know what it is? You know it, Phil. You'll love this. Think of Jamie. Think of Gordon. Yeah. You know, when they go, it's rustic. So this is a deconstructed pav. So oh. someone basically dropped the meringue in the kitchen. Yeah. So they mixed broken meringue and the strawberries and cream all together instead of wasting food and mm-hmm. served it and gave it the name eaten mess so, so it's deconstructed picked, so he picked it up off the floor Probably, yeah. yeah well you know as no. to quote god made dirt and dirt don't hurt the old days yeah and here we got <laughs> the most unpronounced name or mispronounced word in the australian vocabulary oh yes you say it for me phil uh, i can't say the australian one 
Nachos. Not nachos. Na- Nacho. Yes, yeah. nachos. Nachos. Brendan, how you say? I can na- see the R in there. Nachos. Nachos. Nah, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's bad. So nachos was a mistake too. Yeah. Oh. Well, let's look. There was it was accidentally invented by a maitre d named Ignacio Nacho and Yana at the Victory Club in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So 10 hungry U.S. military wives uh, crossed the border and were able to locate the chef. He improv- weren't, They weren't able to get the chef. So the maitre d' improvised by covering a plate of chips with grated cheese. He melted it under a broiler, topped it with a sli- with sliced jalapenos, and served it as an appetizer. There you go. Still works today. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It fixes the nachos. it. The nachos. Na- the, yeah, it is. The nachos. And the, let's go for the nachos. jalapenos, <laughs> tortillas. <laughs> How would they say chimichanga? <laughs> I have no. I, well, let's just see, Brendan. How would you say it oh, if you just read that? Chimichanga. Yeah. Chunga. Imagine, he said it. Yeah, he said yeah. chimichanga. Chunga. Yeah. Chunga. Leave us alone. Yeah. You want to have a good uh, good thing next time you go to uh, over to L.A. Yes. Get an Aussie in your car and start going past the boulevards and say, "How do you say that?" <laughs> Supervidia. Oh yeah. Sepulveda. What's that word? La Cienega. Oh. How would they? Yeah. <laughs> La Ca. So it'd be La, and it'd be a hard C. Yeah. I we actually we had a um, GPS and we put it in the Australian accent for <laughs> you. Well, for us, it was funny because it was like all those things. It was like, oh my god, that's so funny. It was very <laughs> recalculating. Yeah, they tell you, Phil when they first came out with like the phone and they and the phone used to tell you who's. Sending you a message. Yes. And he was going out with a girl named Virginia. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the phone got to say, phone uh, message from. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to be cutting that one out. Just put it out there. That's true. It's true. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, I mean, it's not false. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, here is the legend of the Viennetta ice cream cake. Now, when I first came here as an exchange student, so that was before – what year did you guys move here? 93, I think. Okay. So I was 86. Mm -hmm. Um, These were so fancy. I was like, ooh, that's fancy. So it was like a rippled bunch of ice cream in a loaf shape. So um, we have found out there was an – how it the legend of how it was created is there was an air hose leak in the manufacturing plant and it resulted in a wavy layer of ice cream. So Flavio Licata – who was the Unilever Street's ice cream finance manager, sort of gave us the story on it. And one of the quotes from, and this is how it was too, like if someone, if you're going to impress your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you get the Viennetta out or you have company coming. Yeah, company coming. Don't touch it. It's for company. That's yeah. right. It's right. like, the can't eat it. That's right. So it's in the freezer so you can just stay. So um, this person was just saying, he begged for this. Dad bought it once because it was kind of expensive for its size. And I thought it was really uptown when I ate this. The flavors, vanilla and over the years, chocolate and mint and pistachio. (laughs) (laughs) Really uptown. uh, You know the source field of this, that Flavio? Flavio. That's Flavio. That's your buddy. Mm, Oh, really? Oh, that's what he does. Yeah. Got any words for him? No. Hey. Oh, nah. Nah, still made it up. Uh, yeah, nah, 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 but a name like Flavio. 
<laughs> well, you imagine imagine him being on the phone and so he says, oh, what's your name? You know, he's on with uh, a young lady or whatever. And yeah, you know, I'm Flavio. And she might say, Oh, she must have all these pictures of <laughs> this tall, beautiful, dark, you know, yeah. Italian with flowing hair. Yeah. Flavio, she's thinking about all the <laughs> And then he walks in. Then he walks in. Food <laughs> <Shoot> up. <laughs> That's oh, funny. Fabio. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah you lying son of a bitch. Uh, yes. I can imagine. Luckily, he was married before there was online dating. There we go. Shocking. Now, we've got a quick bonus segment. Quick fire, rapid fire. Five failed food products that mm-hmm. stayed that way. New Coke, 1985. Yeah, that didn't last long. What, 77 days. Wow. The new Coke. No, because nobody bought it. No, because it was like, what the hell is that? I don't want new Coke. I want Coke. I want the old Coke. And then he came out with Coke Classic. That's right. Yeah. That is right. And now they call it Coke over here, which still doesn't taste like the American Coke, which is the Coke Classic. Now they call it Coke Classic here, too. Liars. Yeah. Uh, And then Pepsi also had to go at something like that. Crystal Pepsi. That's right. It was clear. Without the caramel coloring in it, because then it's clear. That's right. Just the chemical. It's what it was. And nobody said, oh, wait. Yeah, because you can't taste the coloring, but nobody wanted it. No, because it's just like eating. Yeah, if I want, if I want it clear, I'll be drinking some up. That's exactly right. (laughs) And then they had the, you know, the blue one that's kind of come back now, but that was out and gone. Yeah, and then Nestle came out the. Dasani? Dasani water. But they still make Dasani water. They do, but I think, well, yes, I, they yeah. do, but the, this, the original one was failed because it had a carcinogen in it. Oh. Well, you know, you want, you're trying to drink water to stay alive. Yeah. Well, you know, you, <laughs> you want that to, so certain parts of you like glow in the dark. You know, it's easy <laughs> when you're going into the theater to find your seat. That is true. <laughs> Fair point. Now, I love this one because I personally have bacon lip balm. I got it one. Right. This is Cheetos lip balm. That didn't last long, and I can see why. Well, big, turned everything orange. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> didn't cheesy. Ugh. Why not? Well, cheesy. Cheesy lip balm? Yeah, well, it tastes good. Ugh. But just that it can imagine the color. Oh, yeah. oh, I know. It's not a, we might go with the fake tan, yeah. well. And then uh, McDonald's came into this also. Yes. In the 1980s, early 90s. So yeah. with Mac Pizza. And the problem was- It's too long. It's got to wait for it. 11 minutes yeah. it took. No and, one and has Mac, time for that. And McDonald's, uh, their uh, thing is, their IPA or- no, mm-hmm. I, I, What do you call it? Uh, IKA or uh, KPI. KPI. Hey, got the initials backwards. That's yeah. all right. K, the- KPI is two minutes online and two minutes to serve. That's that's their- So if you go to McDonald's, that's basically what they want to get you out of. Right. For, in that, within that four-minute window. I'm happy with mm. that. And then Colgate, famous for toothpaste. Yes. And other dental products. They made? The lasagna. What the hell? Like somebody from you know, Procter & Gamble said, you know, we got this brand named Colgate. Why don't we make lasagna called Colgate? So people think they're eating lasagna and brushing their teeth at the same time. <laughs> like, come on. That was 1982, so I don't know what was happening. Yeah. Okay, so that ends up this. We're going to come right back with the Ripper Recipe Roundup. (laughs) 
Okay, we're back, Barbara. Yep, and if you want to come see us, which you, we are open seven days a week, you can come down to 73 Cochrane's Road, Moorabbin. So Monday through Thursday is 10 to 5. Friday, it is 10 to 6. Saturday, 10 to 5. Uh, Sunday, 11 to 5. And don't forget, click and collect. That that's right. So you can. I highly suggest when new stuff comes in, do a click and collect, and then if you want to shop around the store, do that, and then pick that up on your way out. Yep. It's waiting for you there. And you could also use our code word for the month to get a discount on your click and collect with Playball. That's right. We'll only work online, so that includes click and collects, but not in the store when you come in. And please subscribe to the podcast if you feel so inclined and send us, um, or you can review it too, and send us an email at podcast at usafoods.com.au. Okay, now let's go to the listener mail. Oh, great. So we have one from a customer, a longtime customer. Named Muffy. So she has a few questions, so we'll go through those. Hi, Phil and Barbara. Back when the podcast began, you guys said you were going to post pics of your cooking and baking that you were talking about in the podcast on the Instagram account. What's happened to that? Well, life what got busy. Life got busy. <laughs> we got lazy. We got no, well, no. well, it got late a little bit lazy, a little bit busy, and finding the right pics. But as I said well, not in my job discussion. <laughs> <laughs> But luckily, we have got some help in the marketing department. Yep. So Say hello to Anna. Anna, who is just a superstar, and she is will be helping with other things. So I will have more time. I can do that, or Anna can do some as well. Um, so there are pictures of Christmas cookies and um, Megan's mom's cookie recipe, and but we're going to go back and put some yummy stuff up. Mm-hmm. She said, also, I keep forgetting to email my question for the anniversary show, but I was wondering. Too late. Too late. No, not really. I've got it right now. I was wondering who decided that Pork Fat Baby Back Blues would be your theme song. I've never heard this song prior to G'day Y'all, but the amount of times I find myself humming it randomly is now ridiculous. Well, thank you. The super producer, right? Yes, that's Uh, our super producer, Brendan. And we hear it through the house all the time. Fizz Farm. That's right. (laughs) .com.au. And she said she loves the podcast. By the way, I have been buying USA Foods products since I first discovered them being sold in Dimaru's food market. Then I had discovered your own shop that was open to the public and so much closer to home. Yay. In regards to the popcorn podcast, I would never have tried Chicago-style popcorn if not for USA Foods. Now, that is a find. So mm. keep up the good work, Muffy. There you go. There you go. Did we do time. a special on popcorn? Yeah. Okay. She, she is good. Now, I also have – now, we have uh, Neil Macedo, um, who we spoke to. He's local. We spoke to him at the um, – Live and in person. Live and in person. So he was enjoying the show. He wanted to pass that on. And I also had feedback from Dolores regarding popcorn. Mm-hmm. She said she puts mustard on her popcorn. Yeah, no, I did that too. That's weird. That is weird. No, why not? But I could see honey mustard, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give that a shot Ooh. this week. So thank you. Know, that's a new flavor that uh, because they have dried honey mustard, which they put on pretzels and all that. Yeah, it could, Ooh. you know. She's a legend. She could work. Mm. Um, and also, um, speaking to my mother, she can remember the pink brick popcorn. And she also said it was stale and it was at the zoo and it went to the animals. So yeah. maybe that was the theme. Mm-hmm. And her dad, the uh, gin and tonic gentleman, um, had a popcorn maker that you put over a campfire. Wow. So when you yeah, were camping, so. Yeah. so he and my Uncle Jimmy were hunters. Keep so all the animals away, camping. too. Yeah, that yeah. would, too. 
So that is it for the feedback I have at the moment. Okay. So now we're going to go to our new segment. Well, not new. It's, we did it last week. Yes. So popular, our personal best products. And it's Barbara's turn today. Yes. Now, I love a good sort of seasonal because mm-hmm. I love throwing things in and changing taste. This is a Goya product that we have. Every boy in little Goya. <laughs> <laughs> What's that theme back in the I, I believe yeah. it. Yeah. So it's now I'm gonna I'm gonna rick this butt. It's a saisonador uh, total. So it's called the perfect seasoning, and it has I actually have my glasses on. It has garlic, onion, good old MSG, which salt, par, uh, parsley, cumin, oregano. And just an anti-caking agent, but it smells magnificent. Yeah, it does smell really good. I gotta try some. I yeah. have to take a little bit home with me. Do you me. know what? It's what? good on um, popcorn because mm. I made popcorn the other day. It'd be good to make um, also because, like yesterday, I did uh, fish tacos. That'd be oh, nice on be a fish great taco, on but uh, and also to put into the guacamole mm-hmm. because I usually always put Tony Cacheres in my guacamole. Oh yeah, that, give that a go. Really good, and and because it's a Latin seasoning. It, but it's not hot because I can't take hot at the moment, mm. but it's really flavorful. So I have added it to just about everything and I highly recommend it. It's a big old 11 ounce bottle. Yep. And I think Mackenzie's bought one. It's, I've made everyone in the shop buy one, I think. So if I want that, that is So what we I have recommend. none left. No, <laughs> we have some left and Sean can get some more. I am sure. So I recommend the Goya Saisonador Total. There you go. All right. So now uh, this week is a ripper recipe. So you have brandied fruit. It's brandied fruit cake. Oh, fruit cake. So. But I found this but recipe. Because it's brandied fruit day. Yes, that's, that's right. right. So brandied fruit cake. But the funny thing is I found this recipe and um, I want you to imagine Foster Brooks reading it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, quickly, one cup butter, two cups sugar, six, six large eggs, two teaspoons baking powder, three cups flour sifted, half teaspoon salt, a cup of bourbon, a pan of pecans chopped, three cup white raisins or candied fruit, one teaspoon nutmeg, and a very large bottle of brandy. Very That's large. That's what they cook. That's right. First- Because you already put one cup into the- That's right. Into the mix, yeah. So first, sample the brandy to check for quality. <laughs> Assemble all of the ingredients, check brandy again to be sure if it's of the highest quality, pour one level cup and drink. Uh, Repeat this step. Turn on the electric mixer and beat one cup of butter in a large fluffy bowl. Add add one teaspoon of sugar and cream until beat. Make sure the whiskey is still okay. Try another cup. Turn off the mixer, beat six legs, and add to the bowl. Then chunk in the cup of dried fruit, mix on the tuner, throw in two quarts of flour, gradually pour in the cow and two dried anything. If the fruit fruit, fruit gets stuck in the beater, try at least with a driver, sample the whiskey, and check it again for consistency. That's a big word. Next, shift two cups of salt or something, whatever, check whiskey again or brandy again, and now sift the nutmeg and strain your nuts. Add one table and the spoon or something, whatever you find left. Grease the oven, 
Turn the crank pan to 350 degrees. Don't forget to pour the oven into the batter. Throw the ball out the window. Lick the batter off the floor. Bake 300 minutes at 50 degrees. Finish the blobble of wishy and float a bit. Because we all hate fruitcake. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. That sounds enjoyable. So now I got to get serious. Now you have to get serious. Or delirious. All right. So it's also pretzel day. And I figured out when he... Brenda gave me all the list of things to do. I said, oh, okay, pretzels, because I just make pretzels. Nice. And I put it on uh, the internet, and people said, oh, they look good. And they did came out really good for my first go. So got the uh, – I didn't make up the recipe, but i been doing a lot of bread and pizza dough yep. and all that. So I'm getting really the feel That's of that nice. – of, you know, how – You know, when it's, when it's the right need and yeah, all of that. Yeah, exactly. So that really helps. So the more you – one thing is, I got to say, it's on, when you're doing dough, whether uh-huh. you're going to make pizza or pretzels or bread or bagels or bayalis or whatever, you start understanding. You get into, you know. You got the zone. You got the zone. Uh, you, you're, you're in with the bread. You're, you're in with the yeast. You know, so you're understanding. And, and a lot of times, then you, after a while, you don't have to even use a recipe. Uh, well, hmm. see, yes. Because you, you're, you, you feel and you touch. Anyway, so. These are a German recipe, mm-hmm. and it'll take you uh, – prep time is two hours and 10 minutes, and, and cook time is 20 minutes, and the total time is two hours and 30 minutes. Okay. All right, so yeah, good part of the day or morning. Anyway, so what you need is four cups of all-purpose flour. Mm-hmm. Not the regular flour. It has to be all-purpose. Right. But bread flour. I, I use bread flour. I guess that's not all-purpose. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> See, you've already put your spin on it. Yeah, two tablespoons of salt, two – Tablespoons of sugar, one cup of lukewarm, remember Luke, uh, yes. warm water, and two packages of active dry yeast. Or uh, I don't use the dry yeast; I use uh, baker's yeast. So yeah, you get the fresh yeast now. You fresh yeast you over at the Cranberry Market. Give them a little push over there on High Street. Three tablespoons of melted butter. Okay, and that's what makes a difference. And then coarse salt, which I don't have coarse salt. I use kosher salt. That is coarse. Yeah, yeah it so is. It's flaked. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you mix all that together. You got to let it rest and blah, blah, blah. And then you roll it out. Once it's all rested, it rise, and you bring it back down again. Then you roll it out into strips. Right. Okay. And you roll it on your hands. Mm-hmm. And then you form it into the shape of a pretzel, which is, an, it looks harder than what it is. Right. But it's basically, you go like a U shape and then up and over. And it's, that's it. It's your pretzel. Okay. So then you let that sit again. You put it back into the fridge. Right. And you let it proof in the fridge, right? Then when you're ready to cook, get the oven up to temperature. Very important. Any baking you do, put the oven on at least 20 minutes before mm-hmm. you're going to put it in there so everything is nice and hot. So you put this one here on a baking sheet with um, baking pa- uh, paper. paper. Yeah. You put up a pot of water, and then you put into your pot of water a half a cup of baking soda. Because the original recipe, and I remember this from the bagel bakery, yeah. is the guys who made pretzels use lye in it. And a lot of things, they use lye. If you buy masaka, mm-hmm. there's lye in it. Okay. All right? You know, lye that will kill you? Yes. Yeah. But I just enough know. won't kill you. Well, yeah. It's like chlorine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so you put that in there because I guess you can't buy lye in a store anymore. I, well, I never looked for it. But. No, I haven't been trying to get rid of any bodies yeah. lately. So you put that in water. Bring it up to a boil, then not a wrapper boil, then just bring it down. You put your pretzels in there and use one of those uh, 
big spatula things, you know? Uh, like and then you can drain the water through. Yeah. So it's got holes at the bottom. Yeah, and yeah. you just put in gently and then let, it'll sink and then give it a minute or so and it'll come up. Oh, like a comes, bagel, same, like boiling a bagel. Same thing with a bagel. just comes oh, up to the okay. top. Okay. Drain it out. Put it on your, your sheet. Then you sprinkle your salt over it. And I put too much salt on it. but So put as much as you like or none. Yep. Okay. And you bake it in the oven. They come out. They smell beautiful. They taste great. They oh, taste nice. just like the pretzel you get outside of Madison Square Garden. Uh, they don't have that charcoal taste because they put it on the charcoal to warm them up outside yeah, you know, yeah. when it's cold. Just great pretzels. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I really think the butter in it would do it is the key well now if my mother was having them she would then put melted butter on top as well yeah well because you don't need to do it because of the water bath and then some people there's other recipes say use egg whites on there's no eggs in it no oh awesome yeah it's really simple to make that's a vegan recipe except for the butter if you did margarine would it work Uh, yeah okay well then you can margarine or use olive oil yeah it's a oil in it but the the flavor you can artificially flavored margarine yeah, you can. Yeah. Okay. okay. So right. now we are going to talk about next week's show, which we're thinking we're going to do Halloween. Yeah. Because it's upon us. I'd still find it hard that it's not fall. I know it's <sighs> spring, but I'm happy with the cold well, days. Today was cold enough this morning. Oh, I know. And it's been fantastic. I have been. Um, and your heat works. <laughs> that's right. Thank God. I've been corresponding with Jeanette. Yeah. I love her at oh, Halloween because yeah. she's so excited. And the shop has been decorated and we're just having fun. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't know we're going to be on trick-or-treating or not. No, we'll find out. But there's different ways we can get we can we can work that out. So we'll talk about that next week as well. So does a Halloween mask count as a regular mask? No. So everybody's going to be Halloween trick-or-treating as uh, scrubbies and doctors. Yeah, now. we could do that. Or you could just put a something on the, That's, Oh, be, my God, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> now you had homework as well. I did American Hustle, so you have oh, watched it completely. Yes, I watched it completely, and yeah. you liked it. Yeah, it's uh, we used to call it back in the old days in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's crook the crook. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it ended up being. He crooked the crook. Yep. He's so, oh, you know. <laughs> That's a great. That is a great yeah. movie. Next time, will we ever get Johnny back on the show? Yes, you please. can ask him. What's the definition of crook to crook? And he'll go through the whole thing with Oh, it. excellent. We need to plan that. <laughs> yeah. And we also, um, I think you need to watch Doubt. You haven't watched that yet, so we can talk no. about Mean Nuns. Doubt of that. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're going to finish up with uh, Bob Ross. Remember, he's the guy with the painting on uh, PBS. And he's so sweet and kind. Yeah. And he had the big afro. Big fro. And like Brendan says, like he's sort of like the real life Mr. Squiggle because they had Mr. Squiggle here who could make anything out of a little squiggle. Yeah. And he said, We don't make mistakes. We just make happy accidents. See, that's lovely. Oh, we all need a little joy. Yeah. So thank you very much, Phil, for uh, coming around. Drinking your lithium and behaving today. Yes. Okay, I've got to pour it in my car next. (laughs) See you next week. I like fried chicken thighs They make me feel so good Bacon fat, I'd marry that If I only could Stoking coals Soothes my soul I love my barbecue Understand I'm just a man With a plan
pork fat baby back blues I've known girls around the world sweet as apple pie candy lips and honey hips make me want to So is swine Just don't make me choose Cause understand I'm still a man With the pork fat baby back balloons Still your man with the pork fat baby back below 